0: Okay, motherfucker! What are you looking at, sir? I'm looking at you, miss. Run that,
1: baby. I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you.
2: Hello and welcome to the Imprint Companion, the companion podcast to the boutique Blu-ray label Imprint Films here in Australia. They're a wonderful label, they make DVDs, they make Blu-rays. I really appreciate what they do and my name is Alexi Toliopoulos and as always on the podcast with me, spinning those discs, is my dear old brother in DVD arms, Mr. Blake Howard. Hello Lex.
0: That They do make DVDs and
2: We appreciate them. We love them. We love the disc. We really appreciate the disc. We're talking about a couple of fantastic flicks in this podcast. Yes. One huge release and one, I think that's a little bit under the radar.
0: Big under the radar. And you like, had we not been messaging as we do Mm -hmm. extremely late at night often (laughs) um, and you're like, brother, Night of the Eagle. Wow. Wow. And I was like. Son of a bitch. I need to sleep. I need Mm -hmm. to sleep. I did not... I was not expecting this, but I'm so excited that you saw it and I can't wait for us to talk about it. We're talking about two films, as we said night of the eagle
2: and sam peckinpah's new 4k edition of cross of iron wow. a big old box yes it's a big big box uh should we start with night of the eagle and then save the big release to the end
0: yeah let's do that because i'm excited for you to talk about
1: it. the nighttime of terror when a man's beliefs were shattered for all time <laughs>
2: Don't
1: answer me. Hello. Hang up, Norman! Hang up, Norman! Control yourself! Oh, no. Are you superstitious? Just a little, perhaps? Are you a believer? Or do you scoff at black magic? Then don't, for you cannot know what happens to those who have entered the mystic half world—the smothering depth of despair, the breath-snatching heights of emotion, the terror that invades the very fibre of a human being when he or she holds hands with Satan. No, your- no, no, that's a No. This is the professor who did not believe.
2: Nothing, so now the Eagle is a 1962 horror film. It's an English horror film. I wasn't really familiar with many of the people involved in it, except as a screenplay by Charles Beaumont and Richard Matheson, who's like a big mm. speculative uh, story writer. Yeah, um, And, you know, lots of classics. Can't remember off the top of my head look him up, you're like, holy shit, that guy? Like, yes, it is that Richard Matheson. That Um, Richard Matheson? That guy, Richard Matheson. uh, And the director of someone I'm not familiar with either, Sidney Hayes. But what got me to watch this one, it is in a very specific subgenre of like horror films that I really love, Mm. which is, it's a witch movie. Witch movies. It's a witch movie. Because it's got an odd title, Night of the Eagle. You watch it go, for the first like, one hour, no, like this is
0: not practical magic. We, this why, is not the
2: craft. Why have we got an eagle title? There's no eagle in this movie. It doesn't make <laughs> sense, especially because this version uh, is, uh, I think it's an American release. Yeah. They went by a much better title: oh, "Burn, what? which burn, burn, which burn."
0: You know I would have watched this movie if it was called
2: Burn. Called which Burn, burn. Which burn. I'm gonna flip it out there for you. Out. Matt. Flip that to the other title Holy on this shit. case. Look at so that. So burn, which burn. You could be watching
0: this at home. This is going straight on the socials. Watch how sexy that is. Burn, which burn. Burn,
2: which burn. Uh, which is a better title for this movie because it just tells you what is going on. Basically, there's like a university professor who like uh works in like kind of like an skeptic space. Yes. And he's talking like there's all these things he goes home he discovers that his wife has actually been doing some kind of black magic stuff and a lot of the success that they've had in their life is beca- perhaps because she does some black magic stuff uh, and he's it, basically like a journey from there that's I don't want to spoil too much because I found it to be such an enjoyable experience this movie love that and it has a finale that made me fall absolutely in love with this movie and that is where the title, of the Eagle, comes in. I don't want to... Uh, it's a beautiful practical effect. It sings so beautifully when you get there. It's so much fun. And witch movies are rare. They're very rare. I texted one of my best friends, Kate Jinks. who's a big witch movie nut. She'd never heard of this movie. Ooh. So I could provide a wonderful gift of recommendation. <laughs> uh, and I would also say this American version that's on this disc. I really loved it. Begins with... Uh, Probably 2 or 3 minutes of total black screen, voiceover coming out over the top, uh basically guaranteeing your safety as an audience member and they're putting an incantation around you that none of the black magic from the film will encroach you into your own life. Love that. So it's just like, (laughs) ah, man, they don't do that kind of stuff anymore. (laughs) That's so good. Really, really cool. Love this movie. Some great special features on here as well. A video essay. There are multiple video essays, in fact. There is interviews. There is an audio commentary by screenwriter Richard Matheson, in fact. So, Yeah. Night of the Eagle, Burn Witch Burn. Huge recommendation from me. Loved this. Uh, God, I wish I saw on Halloween. I was too late, mate. Oh,
0: my God. Way too late. Look, that sounds like an amazing recommendation. I can't wait to watch it. Also, our mutual witchy friend, Maria Lewis. Mm -hmm. Not sure she's ever heard of Night of the Eagle. Don't think so. Shotgun texting her about it. Oh, you son of a bitch. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Uh,
2: Uh, Let's move on to this big release. It's a Sam Peckinpah 4K of his World War II classic cross of no
1: iron pairs to the mammoth struggle between nazi germany and soviet russia from this savage era comes a story so big that only the epic camera of sam peckinpah could do justice to its theme as the once invincible german army was hammered back in the year after stalingrad Survival came to depend on two kinds of soldier. Leaders of men such as Steiner and seekers of glory such as Stransky. Why did you ask to be relieved from uh, duty in France? I want to get the Iron Cross. Steiner is a myth, but men like him are our last hope. I firmly don't believe that the ideals of the German soldier, even the a German soldier, no has any ideas. He's fighting for his life. If they're the last of us, Skrenzy and Steiner, then God help us. There are orders that no Russian prisoners are to be taken. Get rid of him. Since, all quiet on the Western Front has any film probed the realities of war so deeply. Whatever Sam Peckinpah does, generates an excitement of its own. The need to find love. And the inner conflict to face death instead. Now, Sam Peckinpah achieves a new high with Cross of Iron. Why do you want it so badly? As he looks beyond the mere winning of medals to the meaning of courage itself. It's just a piece of worthless metal. It's not worthless to me. You're not dealing with just another Nazi party type. It's a three-disc
2: set. And I think one thing that's interesting about this is there was a previous release of Cross of Iron on 4k that came out only a couple of months before this version yes it was released by studio canal Uh, so if you like this movie maybe you bought that or maybe you're interested in that the all of the content from that is on here but there's so much more beyond that theatrical version of the film in this beautiful 4k restoration it looks absolutely stunning it also has a whole new disc with the grindhouse cut of the movie, yes. which is what I'm like. Okay, that's next up for me. <laughs> I got to dive into that.
0: I haven't done the, that, but this is what I would say about imprint and the Peck and Park collection. Mm. The entire thing has been so gracefully and dutifully restored mm. by Mike Siegel, who is a not a the Peck and Par scholar and is. Uh, passion and poetry is this ongoing peck and par documentary mm. series which appears on everything all these segments have been coming out the alfredo garcia box set which yeah. we've covered on imprint where i Love did that movie. did that with the great travis woods um, who's uh, such a huge fan of that movie and did a beautiful video essay on there but this has And it's unbelievably stacked to be holding now. If you're checking it out, if you're checking us out on the socials or you're checking out the video podcast, you can see me holding up both the 4k and I'm loving that they're sneaking some 4k's into these sets. Oh my goodness. So much good stuff, but it has new commentaries by Mike Siegel. It's got audio commentaries by Stephen Prince, who was on the other collections. It's got so many interviews with all these different folks. And if you've never heard of it, it's, um, it stars James Coburn. He's the main guy. Mm. And basically Rolf Steiner, he's a German corporal and he's the recipient of the Iron Cross and he's grown disenchanted with the war machine. Mm. And he's starting to see that people are sort of greedily promoting themselves as is to climb up in Hitler's Mm. Third Reich. And the movie is kind of like a ragtag bunch. It's the kind of most dysfunctional, one of the most dysfunctional portrayals of the German army ever committed to screen. It's funny that it's like, a bunch of seventies American badasses yeah. that are doing it, but it's that kind of disenchanted, um, very much Vietnam influence sort of disenchanted mm. German fall of the German right from the inside of the German army while it's happening. And so it's that real weird thing of like, just showing people like stolen valor well before that term mm. had ever kind of become sort of normalized in, in the discourse about, you know, the armed forces. And I still, it, whilst it doesn't like punch me out like some other Peckinpah movies. I love that he applied his cynicism to
2: this mm. style of war movie. I, I I really appreciate that. And in that, I think he creates a rather unique anti-war film as yes, well. Yes. Like the, I can't remember which it was, I think Goddard said yeah. as like, there's no such thing as an anti-war film because yes. it, it's inherently exciting to capture those images. And, but
0: Peckinpah said hold my beer on that. Well,
2: I don't know. <laughs> I do think that cuz Peckinpah he create he shoots such great action. Yes. There is an aspect to it that is exciting. Like the it's so it is exciting to see those action. But I think it's like in that the attempts to make anti-war films are really interesting and they're really worthy and they are really fascinating. Yes. And it's like, you know, obviously it's not come and see or like even apocalypse now or anything, no. but it's a very, it's a or Gallipoli very for us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Gallipoli is probably the closest that we have. It's the closest come thing. And see, uh, and Gallipoli are probably the two closest we have to yeah. actual genuine full stop anti-war movies. <laughs> yeah, And uh, but this is, it's a very interesting effort from Peck and Parr. Um, I, I, a lot of my Peck journey has been through these imprint films. Yes. Um, the Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia was one I'd seen before. Fell in love with it on that new release. Yeah. This is a Peck and film I will definitely be revisiting. Yes. I really And
1: really, the gri- And really the this. Grindhouse
2: Cart sounds. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to watch it.
0: Fun.
2: Especially because it's like an influence, a major influence on Tarantino with Inglorious Bastards. To see that Grindhousey version, very curious about it. But that 4K, the 4K on this. In this set, far out. This is a good-looking movie. Beautiful restoration. Yes,
0: and and especially because one of the things that it does is, on the front, there's that proximity mm. of war and that, that those close-ups of like, the battle is coming and it feels like it's further and further away and then it's, fucking on top of you. Yeah. It's like it like that's, the atmospherics of. Peckinpah action and especially violence and coming closer and closer and it's this unstoppable sort of like cloud of violence like coming to you it's like a storm Yeah, man he, he kind of does that better than anyone and Absolutely. so when it's in the in the war setting it's fucking outstanding but man I just <sighs> Imprint does God's work with Peckinpah yeah
2: I think so and with the 4K on this it's just like 4K plus Grindhouse plus everything I'm like this is genuinely feels definitive like yeah. how can you you could never top a release of this film than the, the, this like big big box set yeah easy is an easy recommendation for me if you like those especially if you like war movies it's not even my favorite kind of film it's
0: not i went through a massive war phase Mm. but i feel like i'm the i'm the laser focus where is the vietnam war movie and then all its beautiful permutations and especially that kind of late 70s through to the sort of like late 80s period of vietnam war movies are kind of insane like as far as who the filmmakers were that jumped into them, all the different kinds of war movies. Mm. And this one feels like very peripheral because like there were a bunch of like world war two movies that were made in this period that are just Vietnam movies. Yeah. They're just riffing on the ideas and ethos and ideology of Vietnam and like applying it back and trying to go put it through that revisionist lens.
2: Especially because it's from a German perspective for this yes. film. Yeah. That's very rare, very weird. Yeah. I mean the only other one that comes to mind immediately was that Eagle has landed. <laughs> Eagle has landed. We watched it about. together, yeah. Yeah, that's um with, with, with this, Robert Duvall acting uh, his Michael Caine craziest <laughs> Donald Southern playing <laughs> a freaking IRA guy. Uh this is probably ten times better than that yeah. film. Much um, better film. Highly, I highly recommend this film. Like I said, I'm the war movie guy. I really like this. Yeah. I can imagine if you are, you will freaking love this movie. You're going to froth it. Yeah. Great film. Um. Well, I guess that's it for this episode of Imprint Companion, right? Yeah, that's it. We're going to be talking about a few more movies on the next episode. We're going to be talking Skeleton Key. Yes. We're going to be talking about William Friedkin's Bug. We're going to be talking about another film that you have seen. I've yet to watch Wind Chill.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to catch you on that one very soon. Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find Alexi on the socials at This Is Alexi. That links off to all of his great stuff, his great writing, his great pods, his great other stuff. He's got some exciting stuff coming up. I will let him talk about that soon. You are going to complete something right now, you and Cameron mm, James. Yeah. You are going to complete the Kevin oh, – uh, sorry – is it the second part of the Kevin Seven, Smith
2: second part of the Kevin Smith trilogy of podcasts <laughs> that we're going to be doing, uh, where we talk about his era as an attempt to be a mainstream comedy filmmaker from Jersey Girl to Clerks Two to Zach and We Make a Porno?
0: Yeah, Closing underrated out,
2: movie. I think it's a great movie. It's a great movie. And then cop out, uh, and then he goes on to his third stage of his career. Which is a wild trip, but it begins with that Red State oh. where he makes the biggest statement that like a look modern on, filmmaker has look made. Look on the roof; it's up there. We got a Red State poster signed
0: by Kevin Smith.
2: Yeah, and also Blake, let me borrow one of the rarest items: Dogma on Blu-ray already goes for like three hundred bucks. Here's a signed by Kevin Smith. <laughs> He let me one. it's a he, he made he let me a Cadillac <laughs> for the weekend. I do I just like, hey, hey, sometimes you just need to let oh your friend drive God. the caddy. You know how hard it was for me to not sell this on the black market?
0: <laughs> yes, I do know how hard it was for you to not sell and I appreciate you for not selling it. Uh.
2: You know, my pleasure. Blake, is there anything you want to point the listeners towards before we wrap it up completely?
0: No, nah, man, more imprint companion pods. There's so much going on in One Heat Minute Productions. The great Henson Caper, mm-hmm. Ethan Warren, one hot takes, usually with Brizy sitting in the chair. Got a special Lexi episode yeah. in there. And um, and Miami Nice, killing it. Mm-hmm. Katie Walsh. We have an incredible episode up there with uh, Zach Vasquez, who's just... Oh, a- I
2: love Zach Vasquez. He's in Finding Desperado. <laughs> he is. He wrote an article about Sidney Ling. He's a first voice, one of the first voices. You didn't know that? No, that's I didn't Zach realize. Vasquez. Oh, yeah. my God, he yeah, did. Zach Vasquez. We're buddies.
0: Oh, well, Zach Vasquez is on the recent one. I thought you were being um, silly, but no, you you are right. Yeah? That's amazing. And um, so that's another great one. But we also, also in an upcoming episode, have an amazing American filmmaker, an African-American female filmmaker who was dubbed the Pacino Whisperer. Whoa in her episode of Hunters that she directed for Amazon. No. So we have an amazing, we have amazing Pacino stories coming to a new collateral confession. Whoa. whoa, <laughs> oh,
2: Can't we listen to that?
0: And, but she could not confirm about the Shrek phone case, but I can. So wow. that's all that matters. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Imprint doing God's work. So
2: Imprint doing more stuff. we got to say before. Oh we shit. The oh shit. Imprint Asia. Asia. They got a whole new sub label.
0: And it's, it's, I've got the skinny on some stuff. I can't share yet too much. All I can say is a whole nother label, mm-hmm. a massive label coming with incredible titles. We've seen some teasers and some press yeah. releases. It's,
2: They've, I think they're told three titles that are coming out. Yeah. They've told three titles. Yeah. I won't say them yet. Just no, in case are no. wrong. <laughs> no. You let, grab your phone. You can have a look. Let's right, look it up. Let's see what the thing is. I know Wandering Earth, I believe, is one of them. Or yes, Wandering Earth 2 might be the one that's coming to imprint. Let's see what else we've got. Imprint Films, Imprint Asia. We have got... Okay, okay, they've got some big ones. Uh, the Emperor and the Assassin from 1998. Mm. Uh, Sue Hawks, The Legend of Zoo. Key Kamez, The Sea is Watching. And the big one, Farewell, My Concubine. Oh. Huge movie. Huge. Huge movie. And what I hear is. Oh, wow. There's a Jackie Chan movie that I didn't even see here. Ride right On, starring Jackie Chan. Lost in the Stars. Wandering Earth 2, starring Andy Lau
0: there is that is just what i'm hearing is that is only scratching the surface. Yeah, crazy. It's an absolutely crazy thing. It's so exciting to be working with imprint. I don't know how many more movies i can watch in yeah, a month. I got no more,
2: got no space, <laughs> no brain space mate. It's it, but it
0: i'm i'm fucking thrilled because yeah, physical cool. media rocks. Imprint Maybe rocks.
2: It is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on Imprint Companion. We'll see you next time.